How can I know God's will? That's a question so many people ask. I can remember a time in my life when that is all I thought about. Hey, my name is Gabe Kolstad. I'm with Westside Community Church, and I'm here with the midweek motivation episode of our Westside podcast. I want to talk a little bit about how you discern which way you should go. We're in a series on Sundays at Westside called The Restoration Project. And last week, we looked at the fact that Jesus Christ himself said, I am the light of the world. And he gives us a little bit of hope about getting some direction in life. We spoke last weekend about a message called When You Feel Overwhelmed. And Pastor Steve Barker really introduced this idea that there's so much noise in our world. There's so many models. There's so many ideas. There's so much best practices. There's so many posts and things you should be doing and listening to and all these voices. And uh, if you're not careful, you do get overwhelmed and a bit paralyzed by all the options out there, all the things swirling around in your life. And what we discover is that copying is actually a cheap substitute for clarity. In other words, everybody's out there going like, be like me, follow me, do what I do. And copying someone else never leads you to the kind of fulfillment and clarity that God really wants you to have. I want to talk a little bit about that. Jesus said in John chapter 8, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. And when you think about following somebody, there is some measure of fear there. I mean, especially if it's somebody like Jesus that lived a couple thousand years ago. I mean, yes, we have historical evidence that he really did exist. We have historical evidence that he even rose from the dead so that he is who he said he was. But still, he was around 2,000 years ago. We have his words, and we have the Bible, the recorded word of God. But still, you know, you can't reach out and touch him, and uh, you can't see his posts on Instagram. And and so, it makes it a little more difficult to say, I'm going to follow the example of this Jesus, or I'm going to follow even his leadership in my life, uh, because it's just less, it's a little bit less tangible. It requires something we call faith. <laughs> it's just stepping out to to obey or stepping out to do what he's said to do, even though we can't always see the concrete pieces of that, like we can with some other things. And uh, well, I think that's part of why Jesus calls us not to religion, which would be that you know, all these rules and all these rituals and all these things you have to do, he calls us beyond that into something called grace that he's provided for, uh, that gives us a relationship with him, that living, breathing relationship with our creator. And so when you think about what's God's will for my life, I mean, one thing that is really comforting is he has a will for your life. We know a few things about it. He said it's a good plan for us. He wants to prosper us, not to harm us. He wants to give us a hope and a future. Uh, We know that he wants us to follow Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world, follow me. We know that that means that he wants us to become like Jesus in character. I mean, there are some pieces of what God wants that he's already revealed. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that all comes together. Uh, But last weekend, if you didn't catch it, you really had to go back and listen to this message that Pastor Steve Barker taught. He, he He talked about this moment his father had. And it was this moment about stepping through a doorway. And it was very scary because um, the doorway had knives all around it. And uh, you got to go back and listen because it's such a great story. But the, but the point is, is that it's scary when you're looking at something 
that doesn't look safe or that you can't quite explain or understand. And Jesus is saying, follow me. And uh, I want to I want to kind of talk a little bit about how you build experience in this relationship with Jesus of following him into his will, that direction. You know, you might be facing a decision that you have to make right now about, am I going to marry the person I'm dating? Or, um, you know, am I going to stay in the company that I'm working at? Or, you know, how do I handle this parenting moment with my kids? Uh, you know, you've got all these decisions and, and some of us, you know, we look ahead at life and we say, do I go this way or that way? And there's all, life is full of those decisions. So how do you know God's will for your life? It, it really is an, a thing of experience. You know, you, you, you kind of build a bit of a pattern with going, ooh, I can see how God works. I can recognize when he's nudging me a certain way. But it's really experience trusting that he is good, that his will is good, and that the things that he's shown us are also true. So let me give you a little example on how this works. I was thinking about a wheel on a car. You know, a wheel has spokes. So how strong would a wheel be if it had only one spoke? Well, it wouldn't be very strong at all. I mean, I don't think it would even be necessarily able to be a wheel if it just had one spoke. You would need at least two. But even if you had a wheel with just two spokes, it seems like when it rotated around, it would start to flatten out when all the pressure of the vehicle was on it if the spokes were were sort of horizontal. And so a wheel needs multiple spokes in order to be strong. And in the same way, your discernment of what is God's will for your life needs multiple spokes. So let me give you five spokes to the wheel of discernment when it comes to knowing God's will for your life. You might be uh, ready to just go, I gotta have some clarity. That's not necessarily about copying what somebody else did. It is more about following Jesus's voice in your life right now. Here's how you can discern that voice. There's really five spokes. First one is scripture. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I mean, God has given us these truths and we know that the Bible, as we call it, is actually two Bibles. It's the Hebrew Bible, which is the Old Testament of the Bible, 39 books, and it's the New Testament of the Bible, the New Covenant. It's 27 books or letters written, and that these were written by the prophets and by the apostles, and they've been proven to be trustworthy. And at Westside, we even have a, a resource called the Bible Project that, uh, or the Bible Challenge, excuse me, that you can go take uh, off our website that just talks a little bit about how do you know you can trust the Bible? Uh, how do we get the Bible? Um, you know, how, how reliable is it? And, you know, what What I've discovered in my life is that God's word, it, it is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Like, when I am listening to what God's already revealed, things like, thou shalt not murder. <laughs> it's a pretty good principle to live by. And, you know, there are some things that he's already told us that that help us to kind of narrow the field. That's how I see it. He, he helps us to narrow the field of things. It's kind of like he's given us a canvas, a, a, a lane, some guardrails to live within. And it's very helpful for us. We know that he wants us to become like Jesus, means that the choices we make, you know, he, his will for us is to make choices within his char- the character of Jesus, right? So we're going to be people who are loving. We're going to be people who are kind and patient. And all those things that you might say Jesus was, that's who God wants us to become. So scripture is the first spoke of the wheel. And if you've got a big decision to make, I would say go consult scripture, find out what the Bible says about your situation. 
and make that a real challenge for yourself to go, well, does the Bible speak to this issue? I guarantee you, if you've got any human issue in your life, the Bible speaks to it. And you can find real comfort and assurance and guidance to go, I'm going to narrow the field, narrow the scope of my options here so that I can have less noise in my life. The second spoke to the wheel is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit. And uh, in the old days when I grew up in church, sometimes they called him the Holy Ghost. And I always thought that was kind of freaky. Um, But God's Holy Spirit is what Jesus promised you and me. It's his presence with us. He says in John chapter 14, I'm going to send my spirit to live with you, to be in you. He said he is the spirit that guides us into all truth. And when you have been following Jesus long enough to be able to hear a little bit of God's voice as his spirit nudges you and guides you. I can't say that I've ever um, actually heard God talk to me. I'm jealous of anybody who who has had that experience. But I have had those strong leadings, and I call them nudges. Uh, things like, stop and talk to this person right here on the side of the street. Things like, don't you dare do that thing I already told you not to do. <laughs> God's Spirit, He speaks to us. He teaches us. He guides us into all truth. And if you've got a big decision to make, and you haven't been consulting God to say, God, I want your Holy Spirit to speak to me, to move me along the path. Maybe this is new, you know, a new thought to you that God could have that kind of relationship with you. And that's the whole point of why Jesus came and paid for our sins on the cross so we can have that kind of life-giving relationship with our Creator who has good things in store for us. We can actually receive them by following this path. So His Spirit guides us into all truth. The third wheel, a spoke on the wheel, excuse me, is counsel. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14 says, "...there is safety in having many advisors." You know, if you think about these as just sort of building blocks um, that you go, well, I'm going to start with Scripture, and then I'm going to go to the Spirit, and then I'm going to go to counsel, and and go, I'm going to get wise counsel. You know, I'm going to go find advice from somebody. The other day, I got a chance to uh, text one of my mentors and say, hey, I got a question. There's a decision I have to make. I'm wrestling with something. Could we talk? And he came over to my office and sat down with me for an hour. And he just let me explain what I'm wrestling through. And he gave me the best advice. I was so relieved when he left that I felt like I got so much better perspective. Because if I hadn't have asked for his advice, I would have just had less information about how this could go. And, you know, counsel is a big, big piece to helping us, again, probably to narrow the field, to narrow the window of opportunity of what we need to focus on. Um, because that's really one of the difficult things when it comes to knowing how how do I know God's will? So many options. Well, not as many if you start to add these spokes together. Uh, one one uh, caution with getting counsel or advice is I always do this. I always go, well, let me look at how their life is turning out. And if I don't want to end up where they currently are, I'm not going to ask for their advice. And I think that's important for us to look at is like, not all advice is good advice. Now, sometimes somebody might not be where, where you want to be, and they might be able to give you a warning. That's fine. That can be good input, but we wouldn't want to mimic or, you know, emulate somebody who's going in a path that's, you know, off course or that uh, for us doesn't lead where we want to be. And so I always try to stop and go like, do I want to be like that person? And then if I can answer that question, yes, then I pick up the phone or send them an email or a text. The the fourth spoke on the wheel is circumstances, and these are important. I mean, circumstances matter, 
And you can look at circumstances as a total happenstance or accidents, but I don't think God sees them that way. I believe that God is sovereign. That means he's in control. That means he does orchestrate things. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, he works all things for good for those who love him. So the things that come along in your life aren't by accident. Uh, And I look at that as though God is at work. And so he's organizing certain things. But you got to look at it with the other spokes before. Because if if you go, well, this thing happened in my life, it contradicts what scripture says I should be doing. But because it happened, I'm going to go ahead and pursue it. Well, that would, you know, that would dishonor scripture and it would dishonor God's spirit. It would probably dishonor the counsel we've already received. So if you stack them, again, you begin to narrow the field. What are all the options that are going to be helpful for me? Let's look at circumstances. In Acts chapter 15, it was so interesting what Luke said. He said these words. He said, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to do this certain thing. Because they were looking at circumstances going like, well, there's all these things happening. And so it seemed like the right thing to do was to do this. And so they made a decision. And it was really circumstantial. And you've got those things too. What does it seem like God is lining up in your life? You know, sometimes you... You get uh, the same offer from three different organizations to do the same job. And you're like, okay, maybe God wants me to be a blank because <laughs> I keep getting offered these things. Or you, you hear the same thing over and over again on the radio. And you have to go like, ah, look at those circumstances. You know, the same door keeps opening or the same door keeps closing. And you can stop and look at that and go like, wow, maybe God is trying to direct me a little bit here through my circumstances. The fifth spoke on the wheel is the one that we always want to make the first, but it needs to be the last one, and it is desire. And the reason why it needs to be the last one is because if we put it first, we tend to ignore the other four. (laughs) And, And desire is so powerful in our lives. Now, there's desire that's good and there's desire that's bad. God says in Psalm 37, 4, he says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's because if you delight yourself in the Lord, you've already kind of filtered your desire through these other things to go, how can I delight myself in God is to honor what he said and what his spirit is teaching me and what what the the counsel around me is saying and what the circumstances are leading to. I'm delighting myself in God and he's going to give me the desires of my heart. For instance, maybe uh, you're out there and you're like, man, I really want to find the, the man or the woman of my dreams. And, you know, that's a godly desire. And so what scripture would say is if you delight yourself in the Lord, you know, think about what is God's will for my life? Well, what are the other four things? And then come to that desire and say, okay, God, I'm going to honor you in those four things. I'm delighting myself in you. And so you're going to give me the desire of my heart. Uh, You know, he's put that in you and that's good. And he can fulfill that for you in the right way, in the right time. And and so it's it, that's the good desire. The other kind of desire is the evil desire. James 1.14 says, we're all tempted when we're dragged away by our own desires and enticed. And so there's this kind of fleshly, lower desire that we all have, the lust or the greed or, you know, all those things that could pull us the wrong direction. That's why we shouldn't start asking what's God's will for our life with, with the spoke of desire. Let's make that last and, and because then we can filter those desires through all the other things. And again, it just sort of brings things to a focus to say, I think I know the right way to go. And I love when I finally get to that place of clarity, and I bet you do too, where you're like, okay, I know the answer to the question, what's God's will for my life right now? A lot of times we could even just zoom out a little bit and go, what's God's will for my life? Well, actually, what's God's will? 
sometimes we're so focused on our own little situation that we forget that God's will is big and it's broad and it involves a whole bunch of people, a whole world, a whole past and present and future. And it's it's that desire to then align ourselves with what he's doing that seems like it opens up the doors for him to really clearly tell us what he wants us to do. In Jeremiah chapter 29, it says, God says, if you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. And I'm convinced if you would just even pause right now just to say to God, maybe you're not even sure about who Jesus is or who God is, but you could stop right now and say, God, if you're there, if you're real, would you reveal yourself to me right now? And then just wait and see what he does, because I'm convinced he's going to show up in your life in a way that makes your life better. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this is helpful. I want to ask you to do two things real quick. If this has been helpful, subscribe to this podcast and share it with somebody that you know. And secondly, pop by a Westside service, maybe even this weekend. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com. You can join us online. You can join us on site. We'd be thrilled to see you either way. Hope you have a great week and we'll see you soon.